So Bilderberg, the most powerful organization that most people have never heard of, right? It's uh, not technically a secret society, but sort of a secret society, a secretive society at least, and maybe not even quite a society. But uh, essentially, this is an organization where you have 150 of the world's most powerful people and some of their useful idiots, right? I mean, not everybody who goes there is a secret conspirator looking for a new world order, but you have basically 150 of the world's most powerful people and some useful idiots coming together to plot your future behind closed doors and behind legions of taxpayer-funded um, armed security guards. So. Until recently, uh, this organization was virtually unknown, right? You wouldn't read anything about it in the media. Uh, you know, some media outlets even ludicrously claimed it didn't exist, that it was just a conspiracy theory. Well, now they have a website and now they kind of release a, a list of most of their attendees. And they even say that they're giving us, uh, you know, the talking points, the breakdown of what subjects they're going to be discussing. Uh, whether that's exactly true, we don't really know. But um, what we do know is that you get leaders from big government, you get leaders from big green, right, the green movement, you get all the big media, right, to editors from leading newspapers, you get publishers, uh, The Economist, you know, the propaganda organ from the UK is always very well represented there. Uh, leaders of big oil, uh, the spy chiefs, right, heads of NSA, CIA, and uh, the European equivalents. Uh, the heads of the mega banks, right? The Rothschilds are always well represented and all the other big banks. Um, the war contractors, the war profiteers are always there. Uh, the masters of the internet, right? The heads of all the big technology companies, Bill Gates goes very often. Uh, the leaders of Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all these goofy things. Uh, you get the heads of the big foundations, right? They, got, they have billions of tax-exempt dollars to try to restructure society, actually try to merge, so alter life in the United States that it could be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. As um, Norman Dodd, the chief in investigator for Congress's committee on uh, the tax-exempt foundations, explained it after speaking with the head of the Ford Foundation. Raymond Gaither was at that time president of the Ford Foundation. And um, uh, Mr. Gaither had sent for me when I found it convenient to be in New York, asked me to call upon him at his office, which I did. And on arrival, after a few amenities, Mr. Gaither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly off the record you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaither then went on voluntarily and stated, he said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here have had experience either with the OSS during the war or the European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives. And these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now we still operate under just such directives. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is? And I said, yes, Mr. Gaither, I'd like very much to know. <clears throat> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, 
Mr. Dodd, we are here, operate on similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Well, parenthetically, um, Mr. Griffin, I nearly fell off the chair. You get uh, even communist leaders, right? Uh, various uh, Chinese communists have been invited recently, various bigwigs from Russia. Uh, the heads of big data, of course, you get presidents, prime ministers, kings, CEOs, foreign ministers, uh, generals from the military, and on and on. And uh, at first you think, well, hey, that's interesting. Uh, you know, they don't seem to have necessarily much in common, except that they're all, you know, powerful and things like that. But uh, they do all have one one thing in common, and that is the fact that they are all globalists. They are all fanatically devoted to this idea of a world government. Um, we know that the Bilderberg kind of acts as a, a job recruitment type operation, right? So you had, uh, for example, in the early 1990s, Bill Clinton was invited, he showed up, and then out of nowhere, this no-name governor from Arkansas became the president of the United States. Uh, same thing happened with Barack Hussein Obama. Same thing happened with Tony Blair, right? So no-name um, minister of parliament, member of parliament that nobody had ever heard of from the UK, and suddenly he goes to Bilderberg, and then boom, he's your new prime minister. Right. Mario Monti, the prime minister of Italy, same thing. Uh, and according to the BBC, all the recent presidents of the European Commission attended Bilderberg meetings before they were appointed to their posts. And so this is very typical, right? The same thing with the central banks. You get the big central bankers who show up there and people who are be fixing to become central bankers. Uh, a partial list of attendees includes uh, Bill Clinton, David Cameron, the prime minister of the United Kingdom until he had to step down after losing the Brexit vote. Uh, Michael Hayden, former head of the CIA and the NSA, who bragged in public that they kill people based Based on their metadata. First, first of all, David's description of what you can do with metadata and quoting a mutual friend, Stuart Baker, is absolutely correct. Okay? We kill people based on metadata. But that's not what we do with this metadata. Okay? Thankfully. <laughs> wow, I was working up a sweat there for a second. <laughs> Keith Alexander, who ran the NSA, John McCain, the late John McCain, uh, Lindsey Graham, Bill Gates, Colin Powell, Henry Kissinger, Chuck Hagel, the uh, Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, uh, Condoleezza Rice, John Edwards, Prince Phillips, David Betrayus, I mean Petraeus, and on and on, right? You can actually find the list of attendees every year now at the Bilderberg's official website, it's called BilderbergMeetings.org, and then you can find the list of participants at slash participants. Um, and, you know, we know a lot about Bilderberg from leaks and from public statements that Bilderberg officials have given, that Bilderberg attendees have given. Um, you know, in, in a press release that the Bilderberg puts out every year, they say that the purpose is to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. Uh, they say there's no desired outcome, no resolutions proposed, no votes taken, and no policy statements issued. But then we find out from Bilderberg attendees that that's not quite true, right? Uh, Will Hutton, who uh, edited a major British newspaper and attended Bilderberg, he said Bilderberg is one of the key meetings of the year. The consensus established is the backdrop against which policy is made worldwide. 
you had the former chief of NATO, Willie Clias. So the participants are then obviously considered to use this Bilderberg report in setting their policies in the environments in which they affect. Um, actually, I've been to a couple of these Bilderberg meetings, obviously not as an invited guest, right? They, they don't take kindly to people who don't believe in globalism and who don't uh, support their crazy ideology. But uh, standing outside the Bilderberg meeting in Copenhagen, you had uh, one of their new people, you know, one of the useful idiots most likely comes outside. I think he was feeling very proud of himself for being invited to Bilderberg. And uh, he came to talk to the protesters and the journalists. And uh, we asked him, we said, hey, so what's the deal? Are you here in a formal capacity? You know, Bilderberg says no one's here formally. And um, this guy, the leader of the Dutch Labor Party, says, oh, well, I'm formal because being a politician, you're 24-7. So there's no way of exiting my role. And again, if you go back to what Bilderberg says, they says participants take part in the conference as individuals in their own right. Right. Uh, if they are there in an official capacity. That means that every American who has attended, unless they have specific approval of the U.S. government, has committed a violation of the Logan Act, which is a crime, right? Uh, Americans are prohibited from negotiating policy with foreign officials without the official approval of the U.S. government. So every U.S. official, unless they have approval from the U.S. government, has violated the Logan Act if what this head of the Dutch Labor Party said is true. And we have very good reason to believe that it is true. Um, the former British Chancellor of the Exchequer, Dennis Healy, um, for, for the UK, he told the UK Guardian, you know, one of the furthest of the far left newspapers that exists. Uh, they actually smeared little old me not too long ago. And uh, he told this newspaper a little it, it's a little unfair, but not wholly unfair to say that Bilderberg seeks a global government. He said, those of us in Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. So we felt that a single community throughout the world would be a good thing, right? So yeah, they want a world government, but it's for your own good because you people are too stupid to govern yourselves. And if we let you to your own devices, you'll all kill each other. But we wise masters of the world in Bilderberg, we can make it all better for you by giving you a world government. Uh, the former chairman of the Bilderberg Steering Committee, Etienne Davignon of uh, Belgium, who was a minister of state from Belgium, bragged that the Bilderberg helped create the euro, he said it played a key role in creating the European Union. And he told the BBC in 2005 that when you're at Bilderberg, automatically around the table, you have internationalists. So Bilderberg is bad news. Uh, you know, it's probably not the top of the pyramid. If you want to look at the deep state as uh, a pyramid, it's probably not the tippy top. But uh, certainly many of the leading characters of the world attend. And, uh, you know, they seem to invite people that they think might be willing to work with them, might be kind of ideologically aligned to kind of feel them out, see if they would be a good fit for higher office, for support. Um, but the reality is this group is a danger to our freedom. It's a danger to our nations. It ought to be investigated. We have a right to find out what our supposed public servants are doing behind closed doors with foreign powers. Uh, it's completely inappropriate for this to be happening. And, uh, you know, if you want to understand the builder, uh, the deep state and you want to understand the deep state behind the deep state, you have to understand the Bilderberg because this is one of the key players. So uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State with Alex Newman. I hope you'll like, share, subscribe, all those great things. And make sure you go to our website, thenewamerican.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.